Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we had not one but two brand new episodes for you. In the first, I was joined by Jeff from Gaines for the second episode in a three-part collaborative series. It's really been a pleasure to dive deeper into what the team are doing at Gaines. And in this episode, Jeff and I put the spotlight on decision-making in supply chain. And it was a really fascinating conversation. I've had quite a few discussions on the show about how commonplace it is for supply chainers to make decisions based based on gut and the issues that lead to, especially when it comes to things like tribal knowledge and the changing workforce and data. So Jeff and I really got into it and talked about exactly what decisioning looks like across the industry right now, the risks inherent in taking an intuitive approach, embracing volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, and how Gaines is driving better decision-making for its clients by putting a focus on configuration and optimization. The second of last week's new shows was this month's episode of Blended. We wanted the first Blended episode of the new year to start on a positive note. So we talked all about organizations that are doing good things. The panel and I discussed the impact that businesses large and small have on our world, personal accountability versus corporate responsibility, the fine line between people and profit, and the different ways people and organizations can drive change and create a positive impact locally and worldwide. So talking about making effective decisions, doing good, and making a positive impact has been a real treat. So I hope you have feel felt inspired by those two episodes. But if you missed them, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com on our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. Gains was episode 385 and Blended was episode 386. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. When you're looking for cutting-edge resources on innovation and trends across supply chain, where do you go? What about when you're on a mission to find like-minded professionals and cultivate relationships that go beyond an emoji reaction? And what about when you're trying to generate leads, build campaigns, and get ahead of the game in the unique world of supply chain marketing? Supply Chain has been missing a single collaborative hub that brings people and ideas together in an environment that is safe yet stimulating for everyone until now. Just one platform that's as dynamic and innovative as you are. Welcome to the Secret Society of Supply Chain, a private network for the supply chain community. An industry first brought to you by supply chain media entrepreneur, Sarah Barnes Humphrey. The Secret Society of Supply Chain brings professionals of all backgrounds and experience levels together in the industry's largest dynamic network, focusing on industry learning and career development, as well as networking and community. The Secret Society of Supply Chain hosts all the content, connection, and creativity you need for supply chain success. But which group is for you? Well, head over to letstalksupplychain.com, find the Secret of Society banner, and take the quiz and join our waitlist. There are limited number of spots available, so make sure to get on that waitlist so that you are one of the first into the Secret Society of Supply Chain. 
Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. It's a brand new year's, and we have so much going on. And it's safe to say that there's a lot going on across the industry as well. So I really enjoyed talking about all of that on the very first episode of Thoughts and Coffee for 2024. And we're bringing it to you today. And there's only one person I wanted to kick off the year with. She's my industry sidekick, my trade bestie. Uh, You must know who she is by now. But I'll let you know if you're right after our question of the week. So the question that we asked you at the beginning of this year, what emoji best describes your 2023? We had almost 400 votes for this one. 45% of you had the mind blown emoji. I mean, (laughs) and now we're heading into 2024 with just as many disruptions. So I can't wait to see what your emoji will be at the end of this year as well. 24% of you had the smiley face with the sunglasses. So I'm not sure if that meant that you were on vacation most of 2023, playing it cool. I'd love to hear from you. And 23% of you had the emoji behind your laptop. So you just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked in 2023. Well, I hope you get some rest in 2024. 8% of you had the smiley face with the star eyes. And then Jim Waters actually put a fire extinguisher emoji. I mean, that's a mic drop moment because I think that just takes the cake for everybody's 2023. Tom, Mom says, let the sunshine. I'll wear my shades to screen out the glare. And Michelle has a bit of a crying emoji. So I hope that your 2024 goes better. Now, if anybody follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram, because we ask you a question every single Wednesday morning, and we want you to be part of that conversation. So head over and check that out. Now back to today's episode and which incredible woman in supply chain joined me for the episode of Thoughts and Coffee? Well, it's Audrey Ross. Audrey and I talked about the disruptions already making waves in 2024 and the incredible high-tech wearables that can make the workplace a much safer place. We dove into a topic that we just can't ignore, sustainable development goals, and we touched on the impact of export factoring. It was a jam-packed first episode of 2024 for Thoughts and Coffee. So sit down, take a break, and enjoy the best and fastest 30 minutes on a Tuesday in Supply Chain with Audrey and I. Good morning, everyone, and happy Tuesday. It is a new year and a new us. We've got a brand new overlay, and you're going to see more of that once I bring Audrey Ross up. I just want to say happy new year to everybody in the audience. Welcome to 2024. This is our first Thoughts and Coffee of the year. My name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey. I'm the founder and host of Let's Talk Supply Chain. Uh, the Blended Podcast, as well as the founder of The Blended Pledge. I've got a little bit of a cough today, so hopefully we'll be able to get through this without too much coughing. And I am not working this week, except for coming to see you guys this morning. And then I've got another call on Thursday, but I can spend most of the week with my nephew, which I'm excited about. All right, let's talk about what is happening at Let's Talk. Oh, before we do that, I do need to give a shout out to our show sponsor. So are you ready to find your tribe? If you are struggling to find a supply chain community of like-minded professionals, where you can level up, network, learn about best practices from experts in supply chain, professional development, and marketing, look no further. We created the Secret Society of Supply Chain to provide a safe space, a community for everyone in supply chain. We offer unique opportunities for everyone to connect to grow in our three distinct value-packed communities, 
the supply chainers, women in supply chain, and the creative room. From the learn at your own pace, content-rich approach of the supply chainers to the empowering community-focused space of women in supply chain and the marketing mastermind of the creative room, we mean it when we say there's truly a place for everyone. When you join one of our communities, you'll gain access to a wealth of knowledge, resources, expertise, and my favorite part, opportunities to build genuine connections with like-minded professionals, whether you are a seasoned professional or just starting out. You will find a supportive and collaborative environment that fosters learning, connection, and long-term growth. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com and the link is in the comments to explore which community was made for you. All right. Let's get to our new episode. So this is the first episode of 2024, and it's with Relex. Now, if you watch the YouTube version of this, this is one of the episodes that I recorded in studio in Atlanta in person with both of these amazing professionals. Now, we talked about Kate's woman in supply chain journey. And then we dove right into who Relex is. And next week, Relex is going to be on Thoughts and Coffee. And we're going to be talking about something really exciting, a collaboration between Let's Talk Supply Chain and Relex coming at coming out for this year. So stay tuned. Come back and see us next week. But before you do that, go and check out episode 383 and find out more about them. All right, what else is next? We've got a brand new Woman in Supply Chain blog. And now this is about Becky Simon's journey in supply chain. I recently met Becky at the Woman in Supply Chain Forum in Atlanta and super excited to feature her and her journey in supply chain. So if you haven't gone and checked it out, go and check it out. And we appreciate our sponsor, Go Freight, as well as the Woman in Supply Chain Forum to make that happen. What else have we got going on? Oh, so Eric Johnson is back for his first show of 2024 on Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, and he's talking about why shippers need rate management technology. Now, go and click the attend button. Even if you can't attend live, we will send you the recording so you can go and check that out, but only if you click the attend button. And so go and check that out attend the event on Friday and you're going to learn all about rate management technology. All right. Now it's time to bring up my trade bestie for the first time in 2024. Good morning, Audrey. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. I'm here in New Orleans. What? Tell everybody what you're doing in New Orleans. Like that was such a last minute thing. I'm I know. I kind of messaged you and like, oh, just by the way, I'm like already on a flight and I'm headed down. Um, so I got to uh, visit my dad and my stepmom in Greenville, South Carolina. And then uh, my dad um, was already heading to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl, which some of you may be uh, mm-hmm. some football fans tuning in. Um, he's a disappointed person this morning, but <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure the, the other two, yeah, the other team won. Um, so yeah, so we, we ended up, I came with him for that road trip. We drove over to, to New Orleans, um, a little stop in Laurel, Mississippi with some friends and got to ring in the new year, New Orleans style, decked what? out hats, live music, you know, champagne. So it was, it was great. I love that. I'm so glad you had a good time. I'm going to be in New Orleans at the TMSA conference in June. I haven't been to New Orleans in five years, so that should be fun. All right. For anybody who doesn't know who you are, tell them who you are and what you do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, It's just Audrey here in New Orleans. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> so I am, I'm currently the import and export compliance manager at uh, Orchard Custom Beauty. Uh, so we're an award-winning business-to-business uh, private labeling company that specializes in beauty tools, bath accessories, uh, and cosmetics. Um, so some of you <laughs> might know that we're dealing with a lot of issues on the Red Sea, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I spend, I spend my time sort of moving those goods around the world. Uh, we ship to about 20 different countries. Um, so that's, that's my kind of day-to-day. Keeps me busy. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if anybody's in the audience, let us know where you're coming from. We want to hear from you over on my personal. I want to say happy new year to Davin, Peter, Gangandeep, and Catherine. Good morning. Thank you all for joining us. Now we've got a lot to get through because usually I do three articles, but I actually decided to do four because I found something in between when I decided to do the articles that I thought everybody wanted to know about. So I guess we'll see. (laughs) But before we get into your market update, because I do want to talk about the Red Sea, let's get into the poll of the week. So the question that we asked everybody last week, what emoji best describes your 2023? (laughs) I really like this one. 44% of you said the like, you know, crazy. The head exploding. The head exploding emoji, which I think is everybody's feeling. Like I was almost like everybody was like, bring on New Year's. Goodbye, 2023. 2024 is going to be absolutely phenomenal. And then we had a tie. So 23, well, kind of a tie. 23% of you were like, I worked the whole time. 24% of you looked like you either played it super cool or you were in sun for most of 2023. I'm not entirely (laughs) sure with that one. And then 9% of you were like, I was a rock star. So what did you think about this? Which emoji would you choose? Oh, I, I selected the head exploding emoji. It was uh, <laughs> best describes my 2023. It was it was a very interesting year. I think a lot of people can say that there was just a, a variety of situations and things going on. Um, you know, trying to think through, you know, where what where am I at? What am I doing? It, it seemed to be sort of a reflective year, like a philosophical existential crisis year. So I think uh, it's interesting to see that 44 <laughs> percent of us were in the same same sort of spot. I am with the 44%. Now I have to show you this one. <laughs> I, it's the comments, right? Jim put the emoji as a fire extinguisher. And I was like, we should have put that as one of the options. <laughs> that would just cover like the last week though, you know? <laughs> like I hope I hope that wasn't everybody's like full year, although it did seem a little bit like that. <laughs> although the mind exploding plus the fire, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, why don't you give us a bit of a market update? Like, tell us what's going on. You talked about like the Red Sea. Um, I think that things have kind of gone back to normal, but it definitely was some disruption. Talk to Mm -hmm. us about what's going on there. Let us know what's happening. It's rough. We've got, we've got issues on both canals, right? So we've got our little shortcuts that, that we've been, the market has been using for probably the past 30, 40 years, 20 years. Um, have, uh, both are having issues. So you've got, I'll, I'll go to the Panama because it's a bit uh, more contained. So the Panama is facing a drought situation that they don't expect to resolve um, sort of naturally because their their rainy season is a little further into 2024, about April, May. Um, so right now you have restrictions on the number of vessels that can get through, although it's sort of, it's very organized. Vessels are queuing, um, you know, to, to wait for their turn to go through, but at a, re- a significantly reduced rate from what the traffic normally is. Um, and then we have um, diversions there. So vessels, instead of waiting, um, queuing to go through the canal up to up to New York port, East Coast ports, Norfolk, Miami, and that are actually just going to pop into the West Coast LA 
um, and then truck across or truck a rail across the continental U.S., which U.S. is a pretty big place. So if your stuff is actually going like a lot of my things go over, you know, past Chicago, you're going into Pennsylvania, you're going into New Jersey. Not not fun, but manageable. And it's and it's sort of um, specific. It's it's happening right now. And it's and it's clear what the what the transit times and changes are. The Red Sea. Um, right now, one of the best commentators is, uh, is of course, our friend Lars Jensen on uh, LinkedIn. He's really got the insight and updates because he's he's so close with, with um, you know, the, the container carriers um, and what's happening. Um, I think he's also, um, you know, giving giving a really good perspective on it. But it is, um, for those of you who really took a break <laughs> over the last two weeks, there is me. a sort of, yeah, like you, there was sort of a terrorist <laughs> situation. So we have these Houthis sort of based out of Yemen. Um, who are firing missiles onto um, onto container vessels, trying to disrupt the trade? Um, mm. It's in relation to the situation in Israel Gaza, um, so it's it's huge geopolitical um, is the is the situation, and then the effect is that now commercial traffic is being affected. So two weeks ago, I think we're on Lars said day eighteen yesterday. Um, the carriers like Maersk decided to do a diversion away this, this sort of red sea that leads into right. the Suez canal. They're going to divert and go around what they call, um, the route is called sort of around the Cape of good hope around continental Africa, which if again, you've seen a map, the Africa continent is not a small one. Um, so to mm-hmm. go around it, um, is adding, we're looking at a plus 15 days, which, wow. You know, you could kind of manage on your on your shipment that's already on the vessel and going around. Mm-hmm. Um, but the issue is then these vessels all work on a circuit. So they're not right. going to get back to Asia in the mm-hmm. timing that they were expected. And we're heading right into Chinese New Year, which starts on Feb 10th. But usually the closures start a week or two before that. Yeah, they do. Um, and then the other effect was that Maersk had decided to do the diversion Hapeg followed with diversions. Um, you know, some of them didn't announce. I think one was going to do a diversion CMA, CGM. I'm not 100%. And then Maersk last week on Wednesday or Thursday changed their mind and said, That's no, some I of these are I just going to go through. So it's not so much that the situation is resolved. There's still missiles. There's still, you know, I think they're, they've been attacking the helicopters that are on the vessel. Like there's a, there's still a whole active situation. I know the U.S. military was sending additional vessels. I know France, Japan, and the U.S. were already in the area. Canada's kind of going to be tagged in to, to either provide some vessels or support. So it's a, a very active situation, um, but Maersk had sort of maybe not maybe not change their mind is, is the best way. I'm not that close to, to their decision process, but, but some vessels were going to go through and they were going to take the risk. So I think for, as a BCO and cargo owner, it's, it's, it's very up in the air what is yeah. happening. And so you Lots just, disruption. D- you don't necessarily know where your stuff is. The tracking system that everybody uses AIS. If you go into marine traffic, vessel finder, they're turning off their AIS. So you can't see some of the vessels, some of the time, like mm. it's just, it's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> and just, if you're a BCO and you, and you move on that route into Europe, you're going to be, you're going to be eyes on the news for the next <laughs> Yeah. And so starting off 2024 with disruptions, I mean, we kind of talked in 2023 about how things were kind of, you know, calming down a little bit, giving some breathing room to some of the BCOs, but that disruption was going to be kind of the norm as we move forward in uh, supply chain. And so now we are starting off 2024 with a lot of disruption, a lot of uncertainty, And so supply chainers, I hope you had 
some time off and some rest <laughs> over the holiday because you've got it's, a crazy it's, January and February coming at you. It's fire extinguisher emoji. That's what it <laughs> fire is. Fire extinguisher emoji. <laughs> Jim, we are going to remember that forever. That is, yeah. Well, I appreciate that market update. We yeah. had a comment in here from Nairobi as well about yeah. Panama. She, I know it seems like she's disruption. on the ground there, yeah. Yeah, there's been some disruption in Panama as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's died down. There were some protests and things like that around mining course, and things yeah. like that. I want to say uh, Happy New Year and hi over at Neon and uh, Josette as well over on my personal LinkedIn. Now, let's get into these articles because, again, yeah. we've got four and we've yeah. only got about 15 minutes to get through all okay. of them. So the first article is about high-tech wearables. Um, now, we've talked about humans and robots in warehouses. We've talked about humans or robots potentially taking over some of the jobs, people being um, a little bit worried about that. I even had a conversation on Christmas, like on Christmas Day with a family member about this particular subject. And so I yeah. literally just sent this article over to him because I was yeah. like, humans and robots can work together and you don't yeah. have to let people go. <laughs> Um, and so workplace injuries is actually a multi-billion dollar thing. So I think it's like $12.8 billion was spent just on back injuries. And mm -hmm. so this company, Verve, have come out with a suit. It's called an exosuit. But it's essentially, it's a backpack. It's not like this, like, oh, I was thinking when I was Robocop? It, is it Robocop? I was, Robocop? Like, <laughs> I was <laughs> like, we're getting into like, you know. Those suits that you wear <laughs> when there's like a chemical issue. It has that, anyway, yeah. But it's a backpack. And it takes 40% of the weight of 50,000 pounds, which I'm a little bit shocked at. 65 wow. to 85% it reduces in back injuries, which is a lot of money when you think about $12.8 billion. And they're not replacing the workers. What they're doing is they're enabling and empowering the humans with a robotics uh, suit or backpack. Um, mm -hmm. And they're about $350 per worker. What did you think about this when you saw this? I mean, I love this because really health and safety is, is such an important issue. Mm -hmm. um, in, in almost any of the jobs in supply chain, I mean, from, from your truck driving, from your um, delivery, your courier deliveries through to your warehouse, even into your office. So, I mean, anything that makes it easier on the human body. I mean, even we see like, you know, when we think of sort of health and safety workplace injuries, we, it was, you know, you kind of assume the worst, something fell, something dropped, um, you know, forklift mm -hmm. accident. Um, but, but it, it, what we, what we kind of forget about, you know, maybe cause it's, I'm getting a bit older, um, is the repetitive, right? The repetitive injuries that you have from always moving a certain way, always lifting a certain yep. weight in a certain way. And so it does take some wear and tear on your body and, you know, humans are living longer and it'd be great if, if that could, uh, could uh, continue for everyone in our, in our industry. So I think it's a great thing. I think it's an addition. I think it's a resource, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that helps us do our jobs better and, and more safely. Well, and I think people can wrap their heads around this a little bit yes. more. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a robot dog in the warehouse. Right, which is fun. <laughs> I want the it's dancing fun. robot. I'm going back. <laughs> I mean, we I all want the dancing robot in the warehouse, but also the exo bags where we can lift the boxes without like getting a weird shoulder injury because you know you get surgery. So on that we can dance with the robot. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I started off 2023. I think it was manifest <laughs> in January <laughs> last year. I was on stage with DHL, and I was like, I just want a dancing robot. Exactly. I just want a dancing robot. That's it's all. A small <laughs> ask. 
like $30,000 ask, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's move on. Dan says that exo suit wearables is an yeah. interesting concept. And I want to yeah. give a shout out to Larry. I think he just joined us, Ramon and uh, Peter as well over on my personal. If you don't see the links on my personal LinkedIn, don't worry. After the show, I will be putting those in the comments. So you'll be able to have access to those. All right. So the next article, this isn't really an article. This is the uh, sustainable either. development goals. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, again, we're all talking about New Year's resolutions. And I had this conversation with somebody on my team the other day. And she was like, what do we want to put out about New Year's resolutions? And I said, well, <clears throat> I really want us to stop focusing on what's wrong with us and what we have mm -hmm. to fix. Which I feel like New Year's resolutions are all about. It's like, I don't look good, so I need to go and work out. And I need to make sure that I work out every single day. And that I don't eat as much food. And da, 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 da. And so I want to stop focusing on what is wrong with us and what we need to fix. And turn that focus onto something outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I started this, I think, last year or the year before, talking about New Year's resolutions and picking a sustainable development goal. There are enough of them here. Um, and if you go to the link, there's 17 of them. It goes through each one. It talks about what each one is all about. And you can resonate with one of these. And it doesn't mean that you have to like, you know, go full force into one of these and be like, I'm going to do so many things in 2024. It just means to pick one and do something small every single day. Donate, volunteer, talk about it on social media, share articles about it. Um, there's so many different things that we can do. And I think if we each pick one, I think about the impact that we can make as a New Year's resolution. Mm -hmm. Audrey, I think you were with me here last <laughs> January talking about this with me. What do you think about this? Have you thought about New Year's resolutions? What's going on? Oh, absolutely. I think there's always a big conversation around what, you know, but it's, it, it is really focused on sort of a self-improvement, but almost a self-improvement that you can't do, right? I mean, um, or, or that is, is you know, going to be part of a lifelong process of, of you know, self-worth, self-esteem and, and, and self-confidence. Um, but this is a good way, you know, to have sort of an external goal and give yourself some direction for, you know, either some service work that you can do or, you know, sort of volunteering. Um, and also, I mean, it comes down to how you live every day. I mean, are we, are we taking the steps, um, you know, that we can for, you know, who we're voting for, who we're, who we're working for, who we're working with, like on, on, you know, sort of choosing to make that world a better place. So, and the, these really do outline some really great, um, um, great goals to achieve. Yeah. And I know for Let's Talk Supply Chain, if you go to letstalksupplychain.com, we've got an impact page and there's a few organizations that cover some of these uh, sustainable development goals that mm -hmm. we actually donate to or volunteer or do stuff with. Um, including blended pledge, like yeah. you and I are very into that diversity and uh, inclusion yeah. side of things with blended pledge. I know that we donate to water.org, which is around yeah. water. Um, yeah. We also do harvest 107. Um, and then we do Kiva for entrepreneurship. And that actually covers a whole bunch of different categories because we're uh, supporting different uh, loans to different entrepreneurs globally doing different things. Yeah. So there's a yeah. lot of different things that you can do a little bit every single day is going to make a huge impact, you know, by the end of 2024. So just wanted to put that out there, plant the seed for your New Year's resolution to maybe try something a little bit different. And if you do decide to do it, please reach out to me and let me know what you're yeah, doing. I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. 
um, because that would be awesome. All right, let's get to our next one. Actually, first, I want to say hi to Jose, Jose, uh, Sina over on my personal LinkedIn as well. I hope that I'm not missing anybody, but we've got a lot of people over <laughs> here being part of the conversation. All right. So the next article is about how much Christmas wrapping paper, tape, and gift bags do Canadians throw out every year. I don't mm -hmm. want to call out Canadians. You and I are both Canadian, but I saw this article. We're and top I was of like, the list though for waste. So I maybe know. we need to call out. <laughs> I know. And I was just shocked at this. I mean, you know, Canadians are very, you know, nice, apparently. Yeah. But apparently yeah. we don't do very well in the waste department. And I knew, yeah. I think we do need to call out a little bit. So yeah. apparently wrapping paper, I think it was each household or each person, yeah. 50 kilos goes into waste. Foil, yeah. 3,000 3, tons. Yeah. Christmas cards, 2.6 billion. No, this is across all Canadians. Okay. Yes. Uh, and tape is 6 million that goes into the dump every single year around this time. Shocking. Now, why are we yeah. bringing this up? Well, we just spoke about the sustainable development goals. This is a sustainability issue. This is some of that impact that we're talking about, right? Yeah. If we know the numbers, if we know how we're contributing, then we know how to actually do something about it. Mm -hmm. What did you think about this? Well, this tells me that more people need like hashtag Virgo mom or a Virgo parent because what does, what does we like... Mean? We like collect the <laughs> tissue paper back and fold it and put it back <laughs> here. Maybe it's frugal parents. Maybe it's like hash brown frugal parents. I don't know. But we're like folding those gift bags up. Like we have a new gift bag. And like <laughs> you kind of pull from the bottom to kind of get a new. <laughs> I do that all the time. I'm not a Virgo. <laughs> I know. I know. So I don't know. So maybe it's a, you know, that's a habit that people need to find. And also like choosing, choosing the papers that are more recyclable, but then it's also pushing like, you know, I think in Canada, I've, I've, I've talked on this before, especially last year and, and the years before, but we get, you know, a lot of the, um, in, in a lot of places, corporations download, right? So you as the consumer, as an individual have to deal with recycling, um, everything and sorting it yourself. So it puts a time burden and an effort burden on the individual, which is, you know, un like if, if we started to track all the hours that we spent, like rinsing out containers, making sure it goes like the mental space, you know, whereas corporations, you know, and I've seen in legislation coming through in other companies where corporations are going to be charged sort of a fee mm -hmm. for the types, types of packaging. How easy is it to recycle? How much burden are you putting on the municipal garbage system? Because you also have to look that in certain counties or in certain towns, you know, um, if, if you're not in a large city, in a large city, you have a bit more um, sort of movement on your municipal garbage. You have a bit more money on that infrastructure. But the smaller the town you are and you're still getting the same amount of, you know, takeaway cups, um, you know, gift wrap, the gift wrap thing, um, but also just food packaging, right? We're dealing mm -hmm. with a ton of stuff sort of at the as, as we're sort of using it and it doesn't have an obvious place to go. And who is paying for that cost? Is it built in when the when the company that is producing it, are they paying anything? Maybe not. What are the regulations? Are they allowed to, to do these types of things? So where you see these plastic bands or these, you know, black plastic, as we're trying to kind of move forward, like those are good things. And you can, you know, write to your counselor, write to your MP or your, um, you know, congressman, states person to kind of advocate for those things as part of your, the previous article's SDG goals. There you go. See, there we go. it goes a long way. It goes but a long actually, way. you know, when, when you were just talking about that, 
um, the rules and regulations and how yeah. they change. It makes me think about customs rules and regulations and right. how supply chainers have to keep on top of that. And how yeah. do we help them keep on top of that? How are we going to help everybody sort of keep on top of what the rules and regulations are around recycling? Um, yeah. And it says that Canada has the lowest rates of recycling and composting. But it said Alberta has the most waste per person, yeah. 1,000 kilos a year. So if we yeah. go back to that New Year's resolution and the sustainable development goals, if you live in Alberta, yeah. Yeah. what is one thing that you can do in 2024 to reduce that number from 1,000 kilos, maybe to 800, yeah. maybe to 850, yeah. maybe to 900? But knowing yeah. the numbers and knowing what's happening in your municipality in your country that's when we can start making yeah. a difference and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to bring this up right because a lot of people when you think about the holiday season it's about the presents you know it's about family yeah, it's about gifts, coming together the... it's about giving somebody a card and letting them know that you're thinking about them um yeah. but we also need to know what happens after that and what yeah. the consequences are and how do we do better anyways i thought that article was great just wanted to you know call out canada just a little bit. Yeah. Look, we're, we're, I mean, we're at 700 kilograms per person higher than the 520 kilograms average. I mean, right. it gives us a, a number to work down from. Yeah. yeah and a goal, <laughs> right? It gives us a goal. A New yeah. Year's resolution. Anyway. All right. Last article. And we've only got a couple of minutes on this. Yeah. I wanted to talk about trade finance. Yes. So if anybody knows my background, I do a lot uh, with FIT, the Forum for International Trade Training. And actually, this is my last year on the board. I will be stepping away from the board in June. I've been on the board for 12 years, been active in the community for I don't know, something like 18 years or so. And so I wanted to, to um, just showcase how trade finance or international trade can actually empower women um, to do global trade, to actually export. And so this one was focused mostly on export factoring. And it talks about how it drives women empowerment. It gives them access to working capital to go global. Yeah. It helps them with suppliers. And their supplier relationships because they can pay people faster, which in, with which fosters trust. Um, and then it helps mitigate risks and uh, sort of shields them. What did you think about this article? I figured you would like this one because you're a bit of a, I mean, you're my trade it's, bestie. It's right in my wheelhouse. I mean, totally we're fellow CITPs. I'm, yeah. the, I'm heading into 2024 as the president of the Organization of Women in International Trade in mm -hmm. Toronto. Um, you know, and this, this is a big driver for us. This is one of the barriers that our entrepreneurs, our members, um, you know, whether you're women or whether you're sort of underrepresented, the access to capital, the access to, to the barriers to overcome the barriers that, that are faced by small, small businesses and micro businesses. This is huge. Trade finance is probably the number one, um, thing that we talk about and, and try to try to help educate and empower on. So, um, you know, this is, this is big. Awesome. How can people get involved? With OIT, oh, we're, we're always looking for new members. So then you have access to um, sort of educational content and networking. Um, it's a huge network. I have an incredible network um, that I've built over the past few years that I've been part of OIT International and, and uh, local OIT. Um, and so you can become a member. You can head to our website and I can drop it in the comments later. Um, we're also always looking for, you know, sometimes we need a new board member sort of to sit um, have sort of a board level role, but also we need committee members. And committees are a great way to kind of get to know people just that little bit better um, and also work on an outcome. So we we're looking for people on trade policy uh, for committee and also always our events because awesome. those are, those are a big driver. So yeah. 
Thanks, Sarah. Awesome. Going back to sustainable development goals and New Year's resolutions. Like, lots of different <laughs> join things. Owen, do. To Owen. Yeah. And also, you know, the Forum for International Trade Training. Um, they have board members. Yeah. You know, their blog is um, really it's great. Tough. Their community yeah. of international trade professionals. So if you want to learn more about export, export factoring, you can go to Trade Ready, I think. Yeah. Trade Ready. Yeah, it's Trade Ready. Yeah. Um, Find some articles on that and find out how you can get involved so that we can empower women. All right. Last but not least, where are we going to be? Well, Eric Johnson's first show is at 10 a.m. Eastern on Friday. I'm also, this is a save the date, January 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern. I am going to be hosting and moderating a webinar with BlackBerry Radar. Um, and we're going to be talking about asset management. And then, of course, I'm going to be at Manifest February 5th through 7th in Las Vegas. And I cannot wait to see you there. Thank you to everybody. We had a great turnout today. I wasn't yeah. sure because it's the first day back for everybody. But thank you so much to everybody who joined us today. And Audrey, for taking some time from your trip yeah, to be sure. on Pots and Coffee with us. For sure. My dad got me a coffee. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. Happy New Thanks, Year. Thanks, Sarah. Happy New Year. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more from us at Let's Talk Supply Chain, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and the brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. Now, if you have a supply chain challenge and you are looking for a solution, we have most likely had them on the show. So head over to letstalksupplychain.com, put your keyword in the search bar, all of that content will come up. And on our podcast episodes, these solutions talk about who they are, what they do, realize examples of how they help their customer plus their ideal client. And you can check out and see if they're the right fit for you. You're the right fit for them before you get into their sales funnel. And remember to come back next week. I'm going to be joined by Igor from Win Global. They provide international market entry and expansion services to help local businesses become global, a growing need in today's global market. And we're going to be putting the spotlight on their drone ship project. It's an initiative designed to develop an autonomous zero emission aerial transportation technology. It sounds like an innovation of the future, but with the rapid evolution of AI and autonomous technologies, the future is closer than we think. This is going to be a super exciting episode, so make sure you don't miss it. If you enjoy our show, there's a few ways that you can support us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. Subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also subscribe to our Let's Talk Supply Chain YouTube as well. And you can keep up to date on everything that we've got going on. You can also find some really cool merch in our shop over at letstalksupplychain.com. And we have something for everyone everybody, supply chainers, leaders, entrepreneurs. So go check it out. 
And are you looking for community? Are you looking for a place where you can network with like-minded individuals, looking for exclusive content that really focuses on best practices from some of the experts in the industry? Well, we have you covered. It's called the Secret Society of Supply Chain, and there's three groups so that we could have a group for everybody. Supply Chainers is an awesome group. We've got exclusive content, best practices from experts around the industry that you are not going to want to miss in almost every single category. Then we've got a monthly meetup for women in supply chain that's professionally facilitated for personal professional development. And last but not least, we have the creative room, which is specifically for marketing professionals in supply chain. And we're going to get together on a monthly basis, get you in front of potential clients. So you can ask any questions you're going to get in front of marketing experts as well. So head over to let's talk supply chain.com. It's on the homepage. Sign up now and we will be in touch. And remember, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.